A quick note off the top here, this week's topic covers some discussion about child abuse and neglect, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the New Mexico News Podcast, headlines and stories from the land of enchantment. Brought to you by KRQE. Here's Chris McKee and Gabrielle Burkhart. Well, depending on where you live in New Mexico, you may have heard about safe haven baby boxes. They've been installed at certain fire departments and hospitals across the country and advertised as a, quote, safety device provided for under state's safe haven laws that legally permits a mother in crisis to safely, securely, and anonymously surrender their baby if they're unable to care for their newborn. Here in New Mexico, there are now several boxes in a handful of communities. A lot of attention swirled around the installation of new boxes after headlines of recent tragic stories that unfolded in the state, specifically around teenage mothers abandoning newborns. In 2022, 18-year-old Alexis Avila in Hobbs, she was charged with attempted murder after she was seen on surveillance video throwing her newborn baby in a dumpster. She was later sentenced to 16 years in prison and is now appealing that sentence. Then another case last year made headlines. 19-year-old Alexi Treviso gave birth in an Artesia hospital bathroom and threw the baby in the trash. That baby died and Treviso faces first-degree murder. She is scheduled to go to trial later this year. These are some of the worst-case scenarios that Safe Haven Baby Box founder Monica Kelsey aims to avoid. Monica's joining us on this podcast today from Indiana over the phone. Monica, thanks for taking the time to talk to with us. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. We appreciate you sharing your perspective on this. We understand it's a very personal mission for you, it sounds like, just reading your About You page on the website. So we'll get into more details about what the baby boxes are and how they work exactly. But I wanted to ask you first, can you tell us why is this work so important to you? Well, you know, I, it, to get to understand where the passing comes from and where the drive comes from, I, I literally have to take you back quite a few years to, to where it started. And that would be back in August of 1972, when a young 17-year-old girl was brutally attacked and raped and left along the side of the road. And, you know, she pressed charges against the man who had raped her. He was arrested and charged. And if that wasn't the worst of it, when her life was finally getting back to normal, she found out she was pregnant. And she was hidden for the remainder of the pregnancy and then gave birth in April of 1973 and abandoned her child two hours after that child was born. And, and that child was me. So I, I stand on the front lines of this movement as one of these kids that wasn't lovingly and safely and legally and anonymously placed in a safe haven baby box, a, a parent that wanted me. And so this is now my legacy and, and I am going to be their voice because they these children have no voice for this. and. And through the process, I got to meet my biological mother when I was 37 years old. And um, that meeting truly gave me the empathy that I needed to work with women in crisis. And so now I fight every single day for not only these children, these babies and these, these infants, but also their moms. Thank you for sharing that. According to your website, New Mexico has six baby boxes now in different parts of the state, four in the southeast part of New Mexico. The most recent one was installed in Belen in October, and just this month, a baby was surrendered at that location safely, correct? Can you tell us what you can about that case and how many babies have been safely surrendered at baby boxes so far across the country? Yes. 
So Balloon was the last baby box in the state of New Mexico that we uh, launched. And almost 100 days later, it, it received its first blessing. A healthy baby was placed in that box. And through the years, since, we, since I started Safe Haven Baby Boxes back in uh, November of 2017 is when the first baby came, I didn't realize where we would be today. And we've had 42 infants come through the box and 147 handoffs. So we've had almost 200 infants come through our program and their desperate mothers. And so that process, we've learned a lot. We've learned, you know, what these women are thinking, what some of the crises they're going through, because a lot of them contact us for resources. And, and that's so important that we get resources into the hands of these parents because they're going to need medical care. You know, the majority of our babies are not born in hospitals. They're born in, you know, bathrooms, homeless shelters, cars. And then we also need to get them into a counseling program so that they can find peace in this decision. So it's very important to get the resources in the hands of these moms. And, you know, it's honestly, for me, it's a blessing to be able to walk alongside them in their moment or their journey to, to being helped because my birth mom didn't have that all those years ago. Is there a reason why these particular communities were picked for baby boxes that you know of? We know, you know, a lot of this may be driven by political dynamics and there are obviously specific situation that happened here in Hobbs, but why is Safe Haven specifically in Alamogordo, Carlsbad, Hobbs, Roswell, Española, Belen? So we don't contact locations and ask them to do the baby box program. These locations are calling us. They, they know their communities. They, they want to be proactive. They don't want to find a baby in a dumpster like Hobbs did back in 2022. I mean, that little guy was in that dumpster for six hours. And so these communities are saying, what can we do to make sure that that doesn't happen in our community? And they're calling us. So not one of the locations in New Mexico did we seek out. Uh, the very first baby box was in Española. And the fire chief, the assistant fire chief there, John Wickersham, fought for two and a half years to get a box in his firehouse to offer this in the state of New Mexico. And so I think just more communities have become aware that this is so successful in other parts of the country. Why can't it happen there in, in New Mexico? And now you're seeing the success. You've had two infants through the baby box program. That's two infants that weren't pulled from dumpsters or trash cans. And so I, I see more communities contacting us from New Mexico in the upcoming months. So logistically, we wanted to ask you about how this operation works. How does a safe haven baby box work when a baby is placed inside of the box? It sounds like a silent alarm is triggered. And then what happens? So any parent can walk up to one of our safe haven baby boxes. All they have to do is open the door, place their unharmed child, 90 days old or less, inside the baby box, shut the door, and literally walk away. The door, as soon as mom opens that door, there's actually an alarm that's going off. Now, mom doesn't hear anything or dad doesn't hear anything. Uh, everything is internal inside the, uh, the firehouse. The first alarm goes off when the door is open. And then when the baby's placed inside, a second alarm, which is not connected to the first alarm, goes off. Now, that's a safety feature because if the first alarm was to fail, we have a second one that's going to be picking up. Once the baby is placed inside, the door actually locks. So no one can come after this infant and steal this infant from this baby box before first responders arrive. And then once the second alarm goes off and the door locks, there's a 60-second countdown. And that's 60 seconds for mom to get away or dad to get away because the whole reason this program works is the anonymity piece. 
you know, we don't see anybody. We, we're not judging them. We're not shaming them. We're not asking them a ton of questions. Clearly, they don't want to be asked if, if they're, you know, surrendering this way. And so the average time for a baby in our box is right at two minutes, sometimes a little over a minute, sometimes, you know, three minutes. Our protocol is five minutes or less for a baby to be placed in our box. And then the baby's taken to the hospital, evaluated by a physician, placed in the custody of CYFD in the state of New Mexico, placed with a foster family, and then placed with an adoption family. We're trying to get that to be a little bit quicker, but everything is a process. So we are working on that, though. And just a matter of safety, you know, you mentioned those timelines about how quickly effort is to respond, but how long could a baby be in a baby box safely? What What's the sort of design capacity? Well, you know, we've never actually looked at, you know, something for an extended period of time. I mean, if a baby was in this box for 10 minutes or even even 20 minutes, it's a heck of a lot better than six hours in a dumpster like the baby in Hobbs. I mean, this this box is it, this baby is in a medical bassinet. This box is heated. This baby is safe and secure inside this box until first responders pull this baby from the inside of the firehouse. But you know, we've never really looked at anything you know long term um, because this is something that we have to get these babies out of here quickly to make sure that the safety of this infant is always on the the forefront. And then what happens next for the baby, I'm assuming, depends on your state law. You mentioned here in New Mexico, it's the Children, Youth, and Families Department, CYFD, that takes custody of the child. That child will eventually be placed up for adoption. What happens, though, if the mother changes her mind? If the parent changes their mind, they have until the termination of parental rights happens. Once the termination of parental rights happens, then that baby is placed basically in an adoption column. To, to be adopted. That process, usually the parent would have right about 30 days to come back if, if they so choose. Now, obviously, there has to be an investigation to ensure that the parent is the parent of this child, so probably a DNA test would have to be performed. And then we would have to investigate this parent to make sure that this child is safe with this parent, this child has a place to go, you know, food on the table. Basically, what you need, what we need to know to make sure that this baby will, will never be injured or killed or abandoned. And here in New Mexico, we've reported on the state putting up extra funding for communities to install baby boxes. So communities can apply for up to $10,000 to install their own baby box. This program, when it started in 2022, had about $330,000 in funds available for that. Are you seeing similar efforts in other states to install more baby boxes? We, this was kind of a different case for us in New Mexico because we don't take government funds or state funds. This is something that I decided when I started Safe Haven Baby Boxes that I wanted to make sure that we held true to our, our beliefs. And so I, I decided not to take government funds. And so this $330,000 goes to the communities that want to do the baby boxes. And if the community wants to fund it, then they can. But most states don't, don't have funding involved. We do everything grassroots. We do everything by donations and fundraising. I mean, we're out there busting our butts trying to get funds for locations because this should be something that the community rallies around. This should be something that the community does and not government officials. Plus, it's also a a good education arm. When a community is putting a baby box in and going around and asking for donations, some people are going to be like, well, what what do you mean you're you're fundraising for a baby box? What's a baby box? And then that's an opportunity to educate. And so there's a lot of different reasons why we do what we do and why we do it. But 
There are a lot of states right now, though, with legislation on the books for baby boxes. And there's also a lot of states right now that have legislation at state houses to add baby boxes. People are seeing the success of the baby boxes and, and they want to be a part of it. And I'm just I'm honored that Christ chose me for this role. So speaking of lawmakers and legislatures, as we're recording this episode, our New Mexico state lawmakers are wrapping up another legislative session. And this year, there was more discussion about the legality of a mother being promised anonymity after surrendering a newborn. So under New Mexico's Safe Haven for Infants Act, you can bring your baby up to 90 days old to any safe haven site in New Mexico without fear of being criminally charged for child abandonment. So that can include boxes, that can include fire stations, and other places outlined here in that act. But there is an important distinction there in that law that safe haven baby boxes assure mothers in crisis is the idea that the mother does not have to face anyone and that she can remain anonymous, no questions asked. Yeah, our anchor reporter, Annalisa Pardo, recently talked to you about the confusion in the law that basically requires CYFD to investigate cases where a child was abandoned. So meaning tracking down that mother to ensure that she wasn't forced into the decision and making sure that the father's aware of it. And then here in New Mexico, there's also the Indian Family Protection Act and Federal Indian Child Welfare Act of 1978. These are federal tribal laws here, which require the child's tribe to be notified and placement provisions must follow their preferences. So all of this to say the law seems to muddy the waters a little bit when promising a person anonymity when someone's considering using one of these devices. Can you share with us your thoughts on all of this? Absolutely. Well, CYFE is is basically claiming that they have to look into this child because of the Child and Abuse Neglect Act or part of your law. And that basically talks about a a child that's abandoned. That would be the Hobbs case where the baby was found in the dumpster. I agree that we should be investigating those parents. But when a child is safely, legally, anonymously, and lovingly surrendered, in a baby box or being handed to a person, that's not neglect. That's not abuse. That's not defined in your law like that. And they're you're right, they're muddying this based on their own observation of this law. And, and so our attorneys are, are obviously looking at this very closely right now. But it's interesting because this is the third year that we're putting baby boxes in the state of New Mexico. The governor was at one of our blessings. The governor told lawmakers that she was going to put $330,000 towards baby boxes across the state to ensure that these parents had this right to anonymity. And yet no one from CYFD stood up and said, hang on, wait a minute, we're going to investigate. And, And then that brings up another great point. Have they been investigating these parents? for the last 20 years since the Haven law has been enacted in the, in the state of New Mexico. I mean, when the law was first passed, it said that a woman could walk into a, a fire station or a hospital, hand the child to a worker. They could ask them if this child is, you know, Indian descent or if they need medical care, but this parent doesn't have to answer. And so have they been investigating those parents over the last several years before the baby boxes got here? And if they have, This is the problem. 
women and, and men don't want to face people. They, they want anonymity. They want confidentiality, but also with the, to not face anyone. And the only way to do that is through a baby box. Anonymity, the only way through the Safe Haven Act with anonymity is a baby box. Everything else is confidential. You know, if you walk into a fire station or hospital, it's confidential, but it's not anonymous. They're going to, they're going to see you and possibly know you. So of course that's anonymous, but you would think the CYFD would have stepped up, you know, 10 years ago as people were talking or 20 years ago when people were talking about this safe haven law being enacted and stepped up and, and not allowed for safe haven advocates to say something that wasn't true based on their look at the law. But the way we look at what they're doing is it's not warranted. This baby is not abandoned. So this child is legally not abandoned. This child is surrendered legally, and this child should not be put through a child abuse and neglect section of your law because the child that was surrendered was not abused. It was not over the age of, of 90 days. So this baby legally fell into the legal act of being surrendered. And so if I'm hearing from you correctly, you know, essentially what, what I take from what you're saying is that the folks that are surrendering this child do not want to have a conversation, period. It's already a really hard decision in all likelihood. So when, you know, we reported this news story about this possible confusion about the anonymity of these, you know, there was a quote we had from the secretary of CYFD, Teresa Casado. She said, quote, I just want mothers to know that they are safe in doing this and we want to have that conversation and just make sure that we can provide support. So when you hear that the CYFD secretary is saying it is okay to leave a child in the, you know, a, a safe, healthy environment here and the child doesn't have any signs of abuse, but we still just want to talk to you. Do you think that's a problem when you hear even the CYFD secretary saying like, it's okay to do this, but we still want to talk to you, even if you want to remain anonymous. That's the problem right there. Is if they if they want to talk to these parents, then force them to walk into a hospital or a fire station. Take the boxes out. The boxes give anonymity and help help curb the problem of infant abandonment, which New Mexico has seen a lot of in the last two years. If you want to look at the problem, look at what's happening in the southern part of your state. These, these women don't want to talk to anyone. They're scared. They're doing this in secret. And forcing a woman to walk in is going to force these women to do what they've been doing in New Mexico for, for the last couple of years, probably longer. I mean, how many babies were left in dumpsters that you did not find? That, that's the question. The baby that was found in Hobbs is lucky to be alive simply because somebody was digging through trash. And so if you want these women, if this secretary of CYFE wants these parents to come and talk to them so they can offer their support, you might as well pull these boxes out because they're not going to do anything that the other safe haven laws didn't do. And you're going to continue to have abandonment. The, the definition of, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. If you continue to force these women and men to walk into these facilities, you are going to have the same result of the election. Avila case and the other case out of Artesia. That's what you're going to get. Now, if you want to help these parents save the life of their child and save them from a lifetime of prosecution, uh, going to prison or, you know, whatever, you need to let us in to do what we do best. And, and CYFE just needs to stay in their lane. But if you don't want these boxes to allow an anonymous option, then take them out. 
because that's what they do and that's what they do well. At this point, have you heard of a situation or seen a case where a mother or a father who's used a baby box has indeed been tracked down or investigated, whether that be in New Mexico or elsewhere? No, we have not. And that is the beauty of the baby box. We've never had an injured or harmed infant in our box ever. And these babies are healthy. The the parents that are using these boxes are the parents that were leaving these babies in safe places. Like, uh, you know, multiple babies were left at the doors of safe haven locations, like fire stations. Last November, a baby was left at the door of a fire station in Nebraska. You know, this mother, it's not that she didn't want this baby to survive or live. She just didn't want to face the people at the fire station. That's what the boxes are doing. They're, they're helping get these babies care quickly. And these parents are wanting this. And so you don't have the Alexis Avila, you know, that, that baby that was placed in that dumpster by Alexis uh, Avila, that baby was never meant to be found, ever. Now, if she would have laid that baby at the door of the fire station in Hobbs, I would have told you a totally different thing. But these babies that are being placed in our boxes are by mothers who want them found and want them cared for and basically just want something better for them. And for a lot of people listening, you know, the idea of giving up a baby is really hard to imagine, but we have seen cases where it seems like, you know, a person just feels like they don't have any options and children have died. Teen mothers have landed up in jail and prison. Part of the confusion over the law, though, has not seemed to halt or stop any of your efforts to get these baby boxes installed in New Mexico or even other parts of the country. Is there one also in the works in Farmington? Is that my understanding? I will be in New Mexico next week blessing a box in Farmington. And, you know, to go back to your question about, you know, these babies that are dying and are abused, we have to let these parents choose the best option for them. What we have in our society today is people across this country voicing their opinion on social media or to their friends. When a young mother, a 17-year-old girl, wants to place for adoption and all of the friends and and this 17-year-old girl's parent is telling, no, 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 we'll help you care for the child. But clearly this 17-year-old child wants to place for adoption and she's being you know, I'm bullied into keeping this child. We need to let her choose what's best for her or we're going to continue to have abuse cases like we're having and neglect cases like we're having. We have a problem with everyone telling everyone else what's best for them instead of letting the person make the choice themselves. And, you know, a safe haven baby box is a choice. It is an option. Is it the best choice? No, I will never say it's the best choice. It is a last resort option for these parents. But if they choose it, we shouldn't be criticizing them or shaming them. What we should be doing is saying, thank you for keeping your child safe. Thank you for entrusting us to take this child from here. Thank you for entrusting CYFD with your child to find a good set of parents for this child. That's what we should be saying. And that's what we should be doing. And we're not. You know, in in New Mexico, CYFD is basically saying, you can put your baby in a box. Yeah, you can go ahead and do that. But we just want to talk to you just to make sure you're okay. And we want to offer the resources. Well, that's the whole reason why they're not coming to you because they don't want to talk to you and they don't want you to offer your resources to them that they've probably already had and didn't work or for whatever reason. But we we have to get away from telling these people or these kids and, and young parents what's best for them. Let them choose and they will choose what's best for them if there's no influence from anyone else. I can hear in your voice that you are passionate about this. So it does sound like just to clarify, even though it the laws and the discussion over our state laws and 
federal laws seem to be a little bit confusing over the whole anonymity part. It sounds like that's not stopping you from continuing your efforts to get more of them installed in New Mexico, correct? My whole mission, my whole purpose on this earth is to save the lives of these kids and to help their parents. And I will continue to do that. We're not breaking the law. There's nothing saying I can't put these boxes in. There's clearly a a disconnect between CYFE, the law, and Safe Haven Baby Boxes. And I would want nothing more than to fix this so that we don't have this problem again when the next baby comes in New Mexico. But Safe Haven Baby Boxes doesn't just talk the talk. We, We walk the walk as well. We put our money where our mouth is. We have supported parents with legal resources in other states. And we will continue to do that there to make sure that these parents are legally protected in whatever they choose. And so we're not, we're not backing down. We're not, we're not doing anything illegal. We just have a huge disconnect that we need to fix so that we can protect more infants in the state of New Mexico and make sure that these parents have a reasonable option if they want anonymity. Is there anything else that we're missing that you wanted people to uh, know or understand? Perhaps that anything that we didn't ask you directly about? I would just say that any parent that needs to know their resources, you know, we're never going to tell you what to do. We're, we're going to give you the options that are available in your community, which most of the time is a parenting plan or an adoption plan or a safe surrender plan. One of those three things. And we're going to allow you to choose, but then we're going to walk alongside you on your journey because we're here to help you. We're here to love you. We're here to support you. And we're here to support whatever your decision is. And so they can call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The number is one 99 baby one Monica Kelsey, thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys so much for having us. Thanks again to Monica Kelsey, the founder and CEO of Safe Haven Baby Boxes for sharing her story and time with us. Sounds like she'll soon be back in New Mexico in Farmington for another installation of a baby box there. This idea for this podcast came from a listener. We appreciate your ideas. So if you have one, you can always reach out to us at chris.mckee at krqe.com. That's my email. Also at chrismckeetv on social media. And I'm gabrielle.burkhart at krqe.com via email and gburknm on social media. Thank you all for listening.